Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my property mastermind mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you the most important skill you need to master as a property investor, which is how to find great property deals. We're going to consider what makes a great deal and what should you be looking for. I'm also going to help you work out what are your personal buying criteria. So when you do find a great deal, you've got more confidence to move quickly. Now, this is very important because when you do find a good deal, but don't move quick enough, someone else could snap it up and beat you to it. And I don't want that to happen for you. So let's start with what makes a great deal. Now, in reality, most investors just don't know. They could be staring at a great deal and just not realize. So this is going to be different for everyone, depending on your strategy and your personal criteria but there are some fundamental elements that make a great deal. Now, what many investors look for is buying a property that has some equity in it on day one. You can achieve this by buying at a discount from a motivated seller. I've talked about this in previous episodes of this podcast. So let's say a property is on the market for 200,000 and that's what it's actually worth But you find a seller who, for the speed and certainty, they're prepared to sell at a discount, maybe 180. So what that means is you buy for 180, but this property is actually worth 200. So on day one, you got 20,000 pounds of equity in that property. Now, that's really good for a couple of reasons. First of all, it gives you a little bit of a buffer in case the market were to come down. You still bought below market value. Also, you can refinance the property sooner because when you want to refinance the property, the bank will look at what the value is now. And if you've already got 20,000 equity there, you're going to be able to refinance at a sooner point and pull out more of your money. So having equity on day one is a really good thing rather than waiting for the market to naturally go up. But as we know, not every seller is going to sell you a property below market value. And so there are lots of other criteria we want to look for. The next thing is I only want to buy a property in an area with strong rental demand. This relates back to one of my five golden rules of property investing. Number two, you know, you don't want to buy a property in an area, even if you can buy it cheap, if ultimately you're not going to be able to rent it out for a good market rent. The whole idea about investing is you can quickly and easily find someone else to come and live in the property to pay you a good rent that covers all the expenses. Now, that's linked into the next thing you want to look for, which is we only ever buy a property with positive cash flow. You know, a lot of people in the past have bought investments because they hope and pray that the value will go up over the long term and it doesn't actually make any cash. Well, that's not property investing. That's property speculating. And as a property investor, as you know, golden rule number three of the five golden rules is we only ever buy a property that gives us positive cash flow, i.e. we take the rent, less all the expenses like the mortgage, insurance, management, maintenance, etc. And at the end of the month, there must be profit left over for us. So any deal you look at must have positive cash flow. 
The more cash flow coming out of it, obviously, the better. The next thing I think you should look for when looking for deals is the ability to add value to the property. If you buy a brand new property from a developer, there's very little you can do to enhance the value of that property. In fact, as if it's a brand new property, as soon as someone moves in and lives there, it's no longer a new unused property. So the value will go down slightly, a bit like when you buy a new car. As soon as you drive it off the forecourt from the garage, it depreciates in value. So buying new property is probably not the best thing to do. There are some exceptions, but probably not the best thing. Ideally, it's good to look for an older property that might need some work doing to it. So maybe it's a deceased estate. Some old person has unfortunately passed away. They've given the property to their beneficiaries. And because the old person lived there for many years, it probably is not a very modern property. It might have a dated bathroom. It might have an old kitchen. And so that's a very easy way to add value by putting a new kitchen, a new bathroom in, maybe replacing the carpets, uh, a coat of fresh paint around the property, and suddenly it looks like a much more desirable property. So it's a way you can add value to that property. Um, very often properties might have attics or basements that can be extended into to make extra living space or extra bedrooms. Properties can be extended to the rear, to the side. And so if you can add value to a property, that always makes it a better deal. Because what that means is, if you can add value, you can force the appreciation of the property. You can increase the value quicker than just waiting for the market to go up. And again, you could refinance and take some of your money out of that property. So it's a generally a good thing to do. The other thing when you're looking for deals, a great deal is one where you can do a low money down or no money left in the property. Now, we used to be able to buy property with very little of our own money. In fact, no money at all, um, thanks to a creative financing product that's no longer available. And the market's always changing, so you do need to keep up to date with the latest strategies. But suffice to say, there are some strategies where you can gain a property and acquire a property and get cash flow, and you don't need to put a lot of money in. So that's good because it means that you're not tying up a lot of your capital. It means you can do more deals. So strategies such as purchase lease options, rent to rent, they don't require a lot of money up front, but they can give you a very good cash flow. Or a property that you can buy and within a short period of time, six to nine months, maybe you can refinance that property and you can take a lot or all of your money out. So low money in or low money left in is also a desirable deal. So those kind of deals might be ones where you're maybe buying at a discount and maybe you can add value as well. So you're forcing the appreciation up, which means you can refinance within six months and get your cash back out. The final criteria in terms of what makes a good deal is if a property can give you a very high return on investment. So return on investment is the comparison of how much a property can make every single year divided by the initial investment you have to put into the property in the first place. So uh, we'll talk more about return on investment later. But if you have a high return on investment, actually some people are very happy to buy a property even at full price, even if they can't add value, as long as it has a very high return on the money they're putting into the property. So these are the criteria you want to look for. Let me summarize those again. 
Ideally, a property with instant equity on day one, i.e. you're buying below market value. Ideally, a property in an area with strong rental demand so you can quickly rent it out. Ideally, a property that gives you positive cash flow so at the end of every month you make money. Ideally, a property in which you can add value to that property to increase the value quicker than just the normal appreciation. Ideally, a property with low money down or low money left in. And finally, ideally, a property with a high return on investment. Now, just to be clear, it's very unlikely you would find a property with all of those elements at the same time. And if you do find one like that, you need to buy it very, very quickly because it's a fantastic deal. But as many of these elements as you can get in one deal will mean it's a great deal. So when you found this great deal, you do need to move very quickly. You see, successful people are generally decisive people. Now, you obviously need to always do your due diligence. I'm not saying you should jump into a property. And I think sometimes people make mistakes because they jump into a deal too quickly and they don't do sufficient due diligence. But once you know what you're doing, it shouldn't take you a long time to do your due diligence. You shouldn't have to spend days or weeks agonizing over a property, shall I buy it or not? Within half an hour, you can work out the numbers to see if it stacks up. And then if it does stack up, do a bit more due diligence to decide if you're going to buy it or not. Now, one of the ways of becoming more decisive is by working out in advance what are your personal buying criteria. So let's think a little bit about that now. So first of all, you need to think about what's your property investing strategy and what type of property do you need for that strategy? So for example, if you're doing houses of multiple occupation, otherwise known as HMOs, where you rent out individual rooms in a large house to people, then there will be certain number of rooms you're looking for and in a particular location that's suitable for the type of tenants you want to attract. So, for example, if you're doing an HMO um, for students, it needs to be very close to the university. If you're doing an HMO for young professionals, you need to be good, close to transport links and have good local facilities and amenities. So the type of property in the right location is what you're looking for. So first of all, let's get really clear on your strategy, because that's going to be very different from if you're maybe doing short term lets or furnished holiday accommodation, which might be a different type of property in a different area. So get clarity on your strategy, first of all. When you know what type of property you want, then you need to get to know what's the average price of that type of property in the area in which you're investing. And when you know what the average price is, you'll be able to spot when some properties come to the market and they're competitively priced. Very often, if sellers need to sell quickly, they'll bring something to the market and they might offer it for less than it's worth because they need a fast sale. And if you can spot the average value, you're going to be able to spot when things are positioned and offered for less than the true market value. Now, you also need to know how much rental income that property could generate so that you can quickly work out the cash flow, which is the monthly profit that you can generate from the property. So one of your buy criteria might be that this property makes a certain amount of cash flow every single month to make it worth your while. 
You might say, I want at least £300 or £500 or £1,000. Whatever it is, that's fine. Just work out the criteria that works for you. Now, whilst the cash flow is very important, it's not the only buying criteria you should use. I mentioned earlier return on investment or ROI. Now, as I said, this is the comparison of how much you make each year divided by how much you have to put into the property in order to make that money. And it's expressed as a percentage. So normally in the UK, a buy to let property might make a return on investment of between five and seven percent. In London, where prices are very high, you might only get two or three percent return on investment for a buy to let property. Now, an HMO, by contrast, should give you at least 15 percent ROI per annum. This is why many people like HMOs as a strategy. Um, You can get an even higher ROI with rent to rent or purchases options where you don't have to put in as as much initial money. And so that means you get a much higher return on investment. Uh, Rent to rent deal or purchase option probably should give you more than 50 percent return on investment per annum. So the question for you is, what kind of ROI do you need to get for your investments? And again, you need to get very clear on this. Now, if you've got money sitting in the bank where you might only be getting 1% per annum, you might be very happy with a 5% return on investment, given that you're also going to get the long-term capital growth. But if you're using someone else's money to invest and you need to give them a return, well, you might need to get a 15% return on investment. So this clarity about what you're looking for is going to make you far more decisive. When you find a deal that meets your criteria, then you want to move quickly to secure it. Otherwise, someone else will. Now, very often I meet investors who say, well, I want to make a £2,000 a month cash flow and a 33% return on investment. And there are deals out there where you can maybe do that, but they're going to be a lot less deals than ones that maybe you make £1,000 and it's a 20% return on investment. So if you set a very high criteria and you're just not finding any deals at all that stack up, maybe you're being a bit too optimistic. And, you know, of course, you want to make sure it's worth your while, But just set your criteria, see if they're achievable in the area, chat to other investors, see what they're achieving. And if they're achieving it, it means it's certainly possible. If nobody else is achieving what you're looking to get, well, maybe it's unrealistic for the area. So get clarity on your criteria. Make sure you know exactly what works for you. Then when you find a great deal, you can move very quickly. Now, in terms of actually finding deals in your area, I've covered a lot of this in previous episodes of this podcast, which you might want to listen to again. So let me just reference a couple of episodes, which I highly recommend you go back to. So episode number six was how to pay less for your next investment property. And that was all about motivated sellers. So understanding what is a motivated seller and why on earth would they sell their property for less than it's worth. So that's a really useful episode to go and listen to. Then episode number seven was how to get estate agents to bring deals to you. Now, estate agents are a great resource for you because they've got lots of properties for sale. Unfortunately, most of those properties are not going to be great deals. Just because a property is on the market for sale doesn't mean it's a deal. So there are specific questions you can ask agents to get them thinking about sellers who might be motivated. And that's what's explained in episode number seven. 
In episode number eight, I talk about how to find off-market properties. So those are properties that are not actually on sale with an agent. They're off-market at the moment. And that's a great way of doing a deal where you don't have much competition with other buyers. And episode number nine is how to buy property from existing landlords. Now, landlords at some point are going to retire. And many of them, their exit strategy is to sell their property. And if you can reach out to those landlords and contact them, well, it means that maybe, again, you can find a deal where there's no other competition. If you build a good relationship with them, if they've got a number of properties to sell, it's easier to sell to one person, i.e. you, rather than having to sell a whole portfolio to lots of different buyers working through an estate agent. Now, when you get really good at finding deals, you'll probably find more deals than you can possibly do yourself. And that's when you should consider selling some of the deals that you don't want to other investors. Now, why would you do that? Well, because you can make between three and five thousand pounds per deal that you sell to another investor. And that can be done very much part time. So it's a great source of additional income. Now, obviously, to sell deals to other people, it's got to be a good deal. And that's specifically what I'm going to cover in the next episode of the Property Magic podcast, how to source and package deals and sell them to other investors for a fee. Now, if you don't want to wait till the next episode that comes out next week, I've actually got some free online training all about this subject, how you can source and package deals and sell them to other people. And you can find it at this web address. It's training. .co.uk. Let me say that again, dealfindertraining.co.uk. And we'll put the link into the show notes for you as well. And finally, I do hope you got value from this particular podcast and the other podcasts we're doing. Um, I wonder if I could ask you a favor. It would be great if you could go and give me a five-star review for wherever you downloaded this particular podcast. Maybe it was iTunes or Google Play, or Spotify, wherever you downloaded it from, if you can go and give me a five-star review and say what you liked about the podcast, that would be really useful because then other people will be able to find it and they will also benefit from this as well. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property training for free. All of the details are in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.